Hello and welcome back to the Practicing Human podcast, the podcast where every day we are getting a little better at life. I'm your host, Corey Mascara, and I'm tuning in from a parked car on the side of the road in Potrero Hill, San Francisco. It is dark, 8 p.m., I'm by myself with a microphone in a car. This is what I do for this podcast. So if you hear cars, just know that's what's going on. Today, we are going to be talking about the difference between guided meditation versus silent meditation, aka unguided meditation. More to come on that in a bit. But first, today is Two Bell Tuesday. What is Two Bell Tuesday? It is the one day of the week where we start with two bells instead of one bell to help us settle in. So I'll ring the bells twice, you give it your full focus, presence, awareness, and let the sound act like a mini meditation for these brief 30 seconds. And again. Okay, thank you, Two Bell Tuesday. Moving on to today's topic, guided meditations versus silent meditations. This is a question I get a lot from both beginner practitioners and more experienced practitioners. Should I be using guided meditations? Are guided meditations a crutch? Should I eventually switch to unguided meditations? So lots of questions come up. And there's a good chance you found me first through guided meditations. My, my, I teach on a number of different apps, primarily Simple Habit and, and also 10% Happier and uh, Asana Rebels, another one. And those meditations have been heard many millions of times. And that's how a lot of people first hear of me through my voice on those apps. So I'm not here to put down guided meditations. They clearly serve a very good purpose and help a lot of people. What I'm going to do is give you three good reasons for guided meditations, where I think they um, can help a lot with the meditation practice. And I'm going to give you two reasons why I think it might be good to graduate from guided meditations or consider not using guided meditations, at least for a certain period of time. So first, why are guided meditations good? Well, first of all, they help you learn how to meditate. When you're coming to the practice, uh, you don't really know what to do yet or you have a vague idea. When you have someone walking you through the practice, you're not only getting walked through the practice, but you're also learning how to do the practice. Through the instructor's guidance, you're learning how the practice actually works, bringing your attention back to the breath if you're doing an awareness of breath meditation, the kind of attitude you might be cultivating in relationship to thoughts, not fighting, not pushing. The instructor will often guide you if different emotions come up or sensations come up, how you work with that. So you're quite literally learning how to meditate by listening to guided meditation. So 
even they're although their intention is not instructional they're more to guide you through the practice they end up being instructional in that way and many people learn how to practice through listening to guided meditations so that's the first thing they can help you learn how to meditate they're also very helpful in the beginning of a meditation practice because uh, they direct you to bring your attention back to the present moment or they remind you to bring your attention back to the task at hand anyone that's ever tried to do a meditation practice uh, without guidance especially in the early stages of it knows that it's easy for the mind to wander off uh, and then not come back <laughs> kind of like the difference between a frisbee and a boomerang uh, we we want our attention to be like a boomerang it wanders off and then we bring it back but in the beginning it's kind of like a frisbee you throw the frisbee and then it just goes somewhere else and never comes back so having a guy a guide walking you through it the guided meditation as you're focusing and the mind does go off into thinking about carrots and cars and bushes and bugs the guide will say and just check see where your attention is right now and gently bring it back to the breath maybe you've heard something like that maybe you've heard something like that from me before in your guided meditation and those are their helpful checkpoints on the meditation journey uh, for when the mind wanders to bring it back to the point and to not get distracted for too long. When we don't have that in the beginning, we can go many minutes, sometimes the entire session, thinking about something else and forgetting to come back. So that's the second important thing. It just helps guide your attention when it might otherwise go elsewhere. The third thing guided meditations are very useful for is they can keep it exciting. So if you've ever tried out an app, whether it's Simple Habit, Headspace, 10% Happier, Calm, there's many different uh, meditations that you can choose from and many different topics and voices. And what I love about those and why I encourage them to people early on is that in the beginning, your your meditation practice is kind of fragile. It's not like you're going to sit down for 30 minutes a day in silence uh, with a little meditation altar and do your practice. It's um, Sometimes that's the case, but a lot of times it's we get bored easily. We're, we want progress quicker than it's showing up for us. If we are in silence, we don't know if we're doing it right. So when you have a guide and you could go through different guided meditations each day, there's something new that you're learning. You might try a different instructor. You feel like you're building on something because somebody's uh, sharing new content. So it does feel like you're learning more. And that itself creates novelty each day. And that novelty, that excitement often pulls us into the next day. Now, advanced practitioners uh, will often push back on this and say, well, the meditation is not about having stimulation and novelty and excitement. It should be about learning to walk, work through the boredom and be with the moment as it is, which is absolutely true. But when it comes to building a habit, uh, I've always taken the perspective that I'd rather somebody at least be showing up and engaging in the practice to some extent rather than letting it fall through their fingertips very quickly. And that's often the other alternative if it's not exciting or we don't feel anything happening is that we're not going to have the patience to see it through to sit in silence by ourselves so the the guided meditation adds just enough excitement novelty 
that it pulls us into the practice. And then the practice itself is the thing that is training us to be with the moment uh, as it is. So those are the three things, the three reasons why I think guided meditations are, are exceptional. They help you learn how to meditate. They help guide your attention back to the present moment when we haven't yet developed that skill set. And they keep things exciting, which is really important to developing and sustaining uh, a habit of any sorts, but especially a meditation habit, which can be slow at times and boring. So, pretty good argument for guided meditations. Where do guided meditations go wrong? When might we consider not using guided meditations? Well, I have two, two reasons. The first is when we stop becoming self-sufficient in our meditation practice. In the early stages of the guided meditation, we're learning something new, we're usually pretty engaged, we're listening to the instructor, what they're telling us to do, and, and we're following that, we're engaged in the practice. However, over time, especially if we're using the same guided meditations, we can get familiar with how the recording goes, familiar with what the instructor might say. And instead of actually engaging in the meditation practice, it's sort of like the meditation is happening in the background and we're sort of zoning out or just less engaged with the practice itself. And when it comes, and I don't know if there has been research done on this, but this I can almost say with absolute certainty. When it comes to getting structural changes in the brain, right, that, that is happening by firing new neural pathways. And if you're sort of just like sitting through the meditation passively and not actively monitoring, okay, the mind has wandered off, I'm, I'm lost in thoughts right now, let me bring it back to the breath. Or if you're doing a body scan, really feeling the sensations in the body as you move up through the body. Or you're dealing with an emotion of, uh, let's say, anger. Um, and, and you're supposed to be feeling that anger, holding it in such a way that you're not consumed by it, um, but also not resisting it. That all takes work, to be frank. Meditation does, does take work. It can be relaxing. Um, but it, it takes an active kind of awareness. And so if we're, we're disengaged and the meditation is just happening and we're kind of like going for the ride, we're not going to be getting the structural changes in the brain. So that can sometimes happen with guided meditation practices. And it, it can be a time where you consider doing some meditations without the guidance so that it does require you to, to monitor when does mind wander off and be able to bring it back to make sure you're actually doing the practice. So that would be one, one time to consider it. And the, the next sort of builds off of this, but this is when your, your instructor, the guided meditation the teacher's voice, becomes like a Pavlovian response for relaxation. And I'll give you an example. I have a friend that has been doing my uh, my body scan meditation for years. And this is a meditation where you focus on the sensations in your body from the feet all the way up to the top of the head. He's never gotten past the hips. He does this every night, uh, and he basically uses it to go to sleep. He's not meditating. He's more or less using my voice uh, as a lullaby. 
And I know a lot of people that can get sucked into this trap. And it again, it's understandable. Uh, a lot of times we associate our teacher's voice with relaxation. And, uh, and if we're struggling with sleep or struggling with relaxation, we can go to their voice to get that relaxation hit. But that's not... I don't want to say it's not meditation, uh, but I will. It's it's not meditation in the way that I teach it. That's that's like a spa-like meditation. You might as well put on a nice song, uh, some good bamboo flute music in the background, uh, listen to a waterfall or something. It's kind of serving the same the same function. You're not doing the actual work. You're not training awareness. You're not training mindfulness. You're not training presence. You're disengaged and letting the uh, instructor uh, lull you into a nice, deep relaxation state. More like hypnosis than like meditation. Or we should say more like sleep than like meditation. So if you get caught in that trap, it doesn't mean you don't use guided meditations anymore. But catch yourself. Make sure you re-engage with the practice. And maybe do a period of time where you're not using guided meditations uh, and you practice in silence. Okay, so those are my arguments for and against guided meditations. Three arguments for it. They help you learn, they help you bring back your attention, and they keep the meditation practice exciting. Two reasons when you might consider taking a break from guided meditations. One, when you stop becoming self-sufficient in the practice. And two, when you're using your instructor's voice as a Pavlovian response to fall asleep or relax. Hope that offers you some insight. Play around with it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And until then, take care. Hey, before you go, I want to give you an update on this podcast journey. This is episode 32, which means we are about one month into this experience. So I just want to share briefly some basic stats, updates on things such as the jingle, and areas where I think we can improve and I want your feedback. So first, some basic stats. In this one month period, we've had over 75,000 downloads. Uh, We've been listened to in over 80 countries. The majority of those are in the United States with second and third being Canada and the UK, respectively. We have over 395 star reviews on iTunes, which is amazing, and 135 five-star comments, and over or close to 900 members in our Practicing Human Facebook group. So the numbers aren't everything, but they do indicate growth, which means people are enjoying the content and telling other people. So that's exciting. Next, as you've seen, probably listening to, I'd say, the last two weeks of episodes, there's more of a flow, a structure. I'm introducing myself. I'm introducing the content quickly. We go into the bell to settle in without a long prelude to the bell. And then we go straight into the content. And all of the announcements, updates, promotion stuff, that is happening at the end of the podcast. So if you want to skip it, you can without these long one, two, three-minute openings before the content. So I'm, 
I'm comfortable with that structure. I'm liking that structure, and that structure is getting good feedback. Uh, I think we're beyond the days of me singing my jingle, although I will say I had a lot of fun with that, and I could see an, uh, another universe Corey singing his jingle on this podcast and it being very successful. So for all of you jingle fans, I appreciate you. We have had a generous donation from uh, one of our podcast listeners who um, has been willing to sponsor the jingle. So I am actively looking for um, a jingle to use, an intro and outro music to use that fit the theme of this podcast and um, wouldn't make it feel too... I don't know, produced. I don't like when podcasts feel too produced. I actually feel like they get in the way of the connection between the podcast hosts and the listeners. uh, And I'm trying to reduce that as much as possible. So uh, hopefully within the next few weeks, we will have some music. And I think that will be an exciting next step for this. I'm also trying to make the episodes shorter, which hopefully you've noticed, keeping them to around 10 minutes of content. Sometimes the... um, the announcements make it go a little bit longer, and today we're certainly over. So that's going to happen. I don't want to rush through if it is going beyond 10 minutes, but in general, I'm keeping that in my awareness to make the episode somewhere between 7 and 11 minutes. So I'd love your feedback on that. And lastly, the main thing I'd love your feedback on is just how is this going for you? Are you finding it beneficial in your life? How is it serving you? Do you feel like you're making positive changes? I'm, to be quite frank, I'm, I'm at a point in my teaching career where I don't have much interest other than helping people make real change. And you could argue that shouldn't that be the intention all along. And yes, it, it has been the intention since I started teaching. But a lot of other things come up when you're building a business and uh, you want to get more students, you're focused on marketing, building a website, all of that stuff, and just like getting getting business, I guess you could say. And uh, there's been there's been enough success along the journey so far that... Um, I'm, I'm just primarily interested in helping people apply this work, these teachings into their life in a meaningful, significant way. I'm much more interested in that than how many downloads we have, how many five-star reviews we have. I think all of that is an indicator of the utility of the podcast and it serving that intention. But the intention stands as it was on the first day to offer short, digestible teachings delivered consistently within a supportive community so that we can make real significant change in our life. And uh, right now, like to make daily episodes is a lot. And I, with everything else I have going on with my book launch, um, to, to take the one to two hours out of the day to put these together, to think through them, I'm just kind of, uh, it almost often feels like there's an 18-wheeler behind me and I'm just a couple inches ahead of it. So I'm doing my best to get the content out there, and I need your feedback and input on what's working, what needs to be adjusted, how this could better serve you. My one fear is, and I've gotten this feedback from, well, at least one person, is that uh, the daily episodes might be a lot, and sometimes we're talking about big topics that take some time to integrate, and it can be a lot to go from one big topic to another topic to another topic, and then you forget what we discussed earlier in the week or don't actually have the uh, opportunity to implement it. I'm not sure if that's actually true, 
Um, but I want to check that. And I, I don't want to be producing content just for the sake of producing content. I want it to be intentional and I want it to serve the overall goal goal of actually improving uh, our lives and, and, and integrating this work in a meaningful way. So it might mean revisiting the initial uh, structure for how that can happen. I had the idea that daily podcasts would would serve that and keeps this keeps this work at the forefront of your mind, something you could check in with every day. But that might not be the case. Um, it might be better to to do it every other day or a longer episode once a week. Uh, we're not going to go to that, so don't worry. I'm just throwing out ideas right now. But this is what I want some of your feedback on. And if you're listening on uh, December 3rd, we are going to have a Facebook Live chat in the Practicing Human Facebook group uh, tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So head on over there. If you're listening like February 17th, 2020, sorry, it's passed. <laughs> we probably already integrated all the changes. Uh, but if you if you do happen happen to be listening to us today of join over to that Facebook group, we're going to have a discussion about this. Um, if you can't join in, send me a message on Instagram. Uh, let me know how this is being applied to your life. If it's working, what sort of uh, difficulties you're having with it, uh, and ways we can improve. I'm going to do my best to take in all of that input, and we'll continue to massage this process. Uh, the one thing I can I can guarantee you at this point is that I'm going to listen, reevaluate, and make changes as we go to help craft this thing, this podcast, this community into something that can really be impactful in your life. That will take some time. I have no grandiose ideas that it's all going to happen in one month, but we're engaged in that co-creation together. So I truly appreciate your input. This is not the Corey show. This is, um, this is practicing human, and we are all humans on this journey, and my input can only take it so far. So I need yours as well. Please reach out. Let me know how things are going. All right, um, that's it for now. In the spirit of helping the podcast grow, if you have been appreciating this content and enjoying it, um, please do head over to iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, give us a, a review, um, a comment review, a, a a star review, all of that really does go a long way. I do think once we get to like the 500 star range um, and like 200 comments, we might be able to get featured back on iTunes, which would be a, a great thing as well. So thanks for thanks for tuning in. Sorry this episode's a little bit longer. Just wanted to make sure you had the full update. Hopefully I see you on the Facebook Live tomorrow. If not, I will talk to you tomorrow. And until then, as always... Have a day and take care.